On that uh, weekly rundown, there's a little button that says uh, like sermon recap or maybe it just says sermon, uh, but there's a whole lot of information about the sermon and there are some links uh, on that whole page there uh, to some right now videos about this whole discussion. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of cool tools uh, there. Uh, throw up that uh, theology quote. Bill Welty, uh, the president, CEO of America's Keswick, shout out to Bill, uh, texts me uh, most every day. Uh, he texted me this, this week, uh, any theology that doesn't lead to knowing, loving, and enjoying God uh, isn't a theology worth having. Uh, I just thought that was such an appropriate text message, uh, given the series that we are in as we go into um, some of the deeper things of theology. Uh, we're talking about end times. We're talking about what happens uh, when Jesus comes back and what are the events that are going to lead up to that and after that and all of those things. And there's a whole, again, a whole lot of things that we can disagree on. Uh, and there's going to be things that I say today that you're going to be like, I do not want to say amen to that. And I will not say amen to that. And that's all well and good. Uh, but here are three things that I hope that if you feel led to say and amen, uh, that you would be able to do that. And it's these three things. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when and we need to be ready. Uh, at the end of the day, could we all agree on that? Uh, let's pray before this sermon. God, I thank you so much that we have your word. God, uh, as we just sang uh, and as I was singing, Father, I don't feel like enough uh, to preach um, and to preach about this subject or anything of this nature, Father, but I thank you that you are always more than enough. In anything that we face, you are more than enough. Um, and so, Father, um, as you are the one who is enough, Father, in this moment, would it be all about you? Um, in your name, Jesus, amen. Uh, I was a youth pastor for some 10 years, and uh, it is crazy to me that uh, uh, parents will sometimes uh, still ask me uh, for advice on parenting uh, because I was a crazy kid. Uh, I grew up in a crazy household. I grew up in a crazy generation, all the craziness. And uh, my, my brothers and I gave my parents a run for their non-existent money. Uh, and so uh, back in my day, like, you ever remember that? I don't even think it's still on TV show, but that TV show, like, Scared Straight, like, parents that have, like, crazy kids, they'll send them to prison, and that will scare them straight. They'll get on the straight and narrow if they see what is their future. Uh, well, in, we, in Jesus' name, we can't do that in my Christian household. And so uh, my brothers and I giving my parents a run for their money. Uh, and so they decide we're not going to show them Scared Straight. Uh, we're going to show them uh, A Thief in the Night. Uh, and so this is, uh, this is what you did in a, in a 90s Christian household. You show, like, you think that graphic is crazy? Like, you should see the YouTube video, uh, the trailer for this, uh, for this movie. Uh, but you can, the fine print, and there will be no place to hide. So here we are, uh, a seventh grader. I've, I've said this to you guys before, giving my parents a run for my, their money. Uh, and, uh, and they show us this movie about the end times, a thief in the night, the church, Jesus rapturing the church. And there are like some people on a plane, some people no longer on a plane, clothes folded on a chair, people at the dinner table, then no longer at the dinner table. And I'm in seventh grade. Uh, and so very honest, true story. The very, I see this movie, the very next day I come home, my brother who 99% of the time is there when I get home, just so happens to be picked up by my father. His school bag is there, his coat is there, but he is not there. And my mom didn't leave a message. And guess what? I got the message. Uh, and I was, at first I was like super scared. 
And then I went to super mad because my brother and I shared a room. And I was like, wait a second. We have a hidden drawer upstairs, and his Method Man CD is up there. And that's not a Christian CD. How did he get up there? And I didn't. I was livid. And then I, all of these things. And, and at the end of the day, so if you want parenting advice from me, here's the parenting that I got from as a, as a kid. Keep it up. Uh, because when the rapture comes, you'll be left behind. Uh, so there's my, uh, my parenting advice for you and I uh, uh, today. Uh, but in all seriousness, if you're confused right now, yeah, this is confusing. We're talking about a word called uh, the rapture. We're talking about a, a theology where at some point Jesus is going to call Christians home here on planet Earth, and there will be some that are left behind, and there will be some that go and are in, uh, in glory with Jesus right away. Today, what we're talking about is a reminder that this whole world is temporary. Everything you see, everything that you experience here on earth, short of your relationship with Jesus, it is all temporary. And yet we live in a world that we want to live as if we have forever. Today, what I want us to do is I want to trust, I want us to see that trusting Jesus, that trust that he is coming back. I want to pursue him with a sense of urgency. And I want to realize how with all of that, that informs how we live in the here and the now. Uh, and so last week, we looked at the book of Acts. This week, we're going to look at a passage in the, in the book of uh, Luke. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 17. Uh, you can find that link there in the weekly rundown. Uh, the scripture there will also be up on the screen or in the, uh, in the app. So here's what it says in verse 20. And being asked by the Pharisees, uh, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in, the, in ways that can be observed, nor uh, will they say, look, here it is or there. Behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And he turned uh, and he said uh, to the disciples, dot, dot, dot. Last week, the, the disciples, people that trust Jesus, they've, they've walked with Jesus. Jesus is about to go up into heaven, and now they're asking this question about the kingdom. This week, we see that there's a different group of people that were also asking Jesus about the kingdom. It was the Pharisees. These are skeptics. These are people that had no love for Jesus. These are people that are trying to find fault with Jesus. Many people walk into churches, plenty of churches around America are going to have a handful of skeptics. We're no different. People that are, you're going to be sharing Jesus with, you're going to be like, hey, let me tell you about hope. Let me tell you about the future. And they're going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what about the ark? How did the two people get, how two animals got on the ark, really? And they're going to throw up all of these like smoke screens. Why? Because they don't want to deal with their own stuff. Jesus knows that there's a skeptic nature to the people that are asking this question, that their question lacks sincerity, that their question is like, you don't really want to know about the kingdom. That's why Jesus grammatically is saying to them, listen, you want to know about the kingdom? The kingdom is right here. It starts with me, the person of Jesus. Uh, everything future deals with me. And so if you want to learn about the kingdom of God, it starts and it ends with Jesus. And so he turns to the disciples. Why? Because they have trust for Jesus. The, the, he's going to have a longer conversation with them because he, they're, they're going to do something with this information that is, 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 that is good to, to do. And so our big thought for the day is nothing necessarily that profound, but has eternal impact. A future with Jesus requires trust in Jesus. As we talk about rapture, as we talk about going in the, this end times and eternity with Jesus, a forever thing, it all begins and ends uh, with trust in Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to look at today through the, through the verses in Luke uh, are, are four things that we must be aware of as we live with trust for Jesus in the present about our future. The first is that we need to be aware 
of the tricksters. Jesus uh, goes on as he looks to the disciples. He says this. He turned and he said to them, to the disciples, uh, there are, the days are coming uh, when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. Uh, and they will say to you, look there or look here. Uh, do not go or follow after. Uh, do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up of the sky from one side to another uh, to the other, so the Son of Man uh, will be. So the Son of Man be in his day. Uh, for, but first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Jesus is making sure that they know that there are going to be plenty of people that come their way that are going to say, "Hey, the kingdom of God is here." The kingdom of God has come. Or on this very specific day, at this very specific time, uh, Jesus is coming back, so you should donate right here, right now. Why this? Like, there are going to be tricksters throughout the generations that are going to be talking about this. And Jesus is saying, no, guess what? That One, they're wrong. But then B, I'm coming back in a very obvious way. You don't need, like, I'm going to come back in a way that lights up the sky and the whole world will know it, which for generations gone past, it was like, well, how could the whole world know this? But now in our social media age, it's not too far-fetched to think that there's going to be some catastrophic event that's going to be captured on the social media that the whole world could see as it's happening. Jesus is coming back in a very obvious way. He's going to get glory through it. And so in your human nature to want to know the exact time, the exact place, the exact, 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 Jesus is saying, when it comes, you will know for certain that he's coming. But first, let's not get the cart before the horse, if you will. I have to go. I have to suffer. I have to rise again three days later and make it possible for you to have a forever relationship with me as I take care of what, of this issue of sin that is plaguing humanity. And so Jesus makes that known. It was, um, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago, but uh, the pastor that hired me at Bayside, as I, I was referencing that earlier, uh, uh, was no longer there. And so we were hiring a new pastor, David Ritter uh, from Bayside Chapel. He's the one that had the dream to start this church and whatnot, or God put it on his heart to, to start this church. And uh, in the hiring process, I don't know if you guys remember this name, uh, Harold Camping, uh, but it was during that phase where uh, we had a lot of people in our church uh, that were, this was like the talk of the town. Harold Camping, he, he said a certain day and a certain time that, that uh, uh, the church was going to be raptured. And uh, we had many people in our church uh, like were falling for this and they were quitting. The, like one individual uh, quit his job. It was like it was infu infusing our church in different ways. And it was during the hiring process that he was in there for a Q&A. And uh, we kind of forgot about this whole Harold camping thing. But then uh, Pastor Ritter was asked a question and uh, he looked down. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, by the way, we're still good, uh, and because the time had passed, and then the guy was like, oh, I got a calculation wrong, and it's going to be later on, and now you don't really uh, hear about him uh, anymore. <laughs> so it happens, right? Like, it happens now, it happens then, it's been happening. You're going to hear people that claim they got a secret message from God, <laughs> so you better listen to me, because I am the only one on human earth <laughs> that has gotten this message. So here's what you should do. You should run, run. You should ignore and you should blast out that they are full of bull dookie. Uh, that's not a word, but I made it up right here on the spot. You should just blast out that they are completely wrong. And here's what you should do in the meantime. Here's our value of engage with God. We need to be engaging with God on a daily basis because the only way to know a lie is to know the truth that makes it a lie. And here's my struggle with, I, I think, in our Christian walk right now, there are plenty of people that have great supplements in their Christian walk. 
Like these are my supplements. I use them this morning. Uh, I have a smoothie where I put spinach, I put uh, strawberries and blueberries and a whole bunch of uh, fun, really fun things uh, in my smoothie. And I, and I add these things, two little supplements, a little peanut butter supplement, a, a little whey protein. I got this at uh, BJ's. It's lasted me well over a year, probably moldy, but here I am. I'm still good. And, uh, and so uh, these are my supplements that I put in my smoothies. They are to enhance what is, I hope, already a decent diet. They are not meant to be the diet. (laughs) There is not a health expert on planet Earth that says, you should just take whey protein. (laughs) Stir it up in the morning, take that for breakfast. Stir it up in the morning, take it for lunch. Stir it up in the morning, (laughs) take it for dinner. This is all you need. No, these supplements are supplemental. They are meant to enhance what is already a good diet. And I see that in in the Christian church today is, oh, what are your engaged with God habits? How are you engaging with God on a daily basis? Well, I I listen to worship music on my way to work. Great. That's a great supplement. You should keep doing that. Well, Jason, I I pray on my my 10-minute ride to the gym. Great. That's a really good supplement. You should keep doing that. And that is all they will articulate about how they are engaging with God. Those things are great things. Listening to the the Bible app or or listening or praying for 10 minutes in the car ride or listening to worship music. Those are all wonderful things. And I'm not saying don't do them. But we need our full, our fill diet of God's word. (laughs) Because there are so many of us living unhealthy lives as Christians because we're making a full diet of what is meant to, not meant to be like, a full diet. We're making supplements our full diet when this needs to be our full diet and how we engage with God on a daily basis. And so I hope you do check out that, that weekly rundown and get that, uh, our, um, what do we call it? Our uh, soap, not soap. What do we call it now? I forget now. Uh, deeper guides. Yeah, grab, <laughs> grab one of those. I speak for a living. Uh, and so uh, the, second, the second thing we see uh, is be aware of the threat levels. Jesus goes on and says this, just as was in the days of Noah, so will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and being given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, uh, they were eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, and building. And, but on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus is now bringing their attention, the Jewish listener that would be familiar, familiar with these stories. That there's with this day of destruction. Jesus, we in our mind, we, we associate everything that Jesus just said, we associate many of that with sinful things. And there could be simple things in there, but what Jesus is describing is two generations that were, were just keeping on with life, buying, selling, marrying, uh, thing, like just, just being blissful, blissfully ignorant. And there's these warnings, like the warnings, like, Noah, hey, I'm building this ark, I'm doing this thing. Hey, there's a flood coming, there's a flood coming. But everybody just kind of kept on with life as normal, giving no credence to this message that there is something coming and then they close the doors on the ark and they all perish. Same thing with Lot. Same thing with Abraham praying for this this not to happen, not to happen, not to happen. But then all of a sudden they kept on with life, kept on with life, kept on with life, ignoring the warnings. And then all of a sudden destruction came. You and I are living uh, in this, what these illustrations are, are trying to communicate to us. Many of us, and you know maybe friends or family members or people that you hope are tuning in online or whatnot, whatever it might be, so many of us are still living in blissful ignorance. 
rejecting the testimonies of godly men until godly men or godly women until there's this time of a, a catastrophic change. We're busy with things of this world, and many of these things are good things. Buying, selling, working, being given over into, into marriage. Some of the, many of these things are just good everyday life things, but they become bad things when we don't heed what is the warning behind it. Behind it. I had a situation, my, my son gave me permission to share this, but I, I won't say which, which, uh, which son it was. And we had this moment a handful of months ago where one of my sons just got into the van and bumped his sister. Uh, and it was an accident. And I was like, and his sister, as is her way, freaked out. And, um, and I was like, hey, dude, just you bumped into her, say you're sorry, and uh, let's just move on. And he was like, well, I didn't do it. And I was like, well, I saw you do it. Like, you really did bump her. Like, I literally, like, my eyes, like, saw it. And, um, and uh, he's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, can we not like make this a thing? And uh, he's like, no. And like, I was like, all right, well, how about like no cell phone for the rest of the day? He's like, okay. And, and, <laughs> okay. uh, and then it was like, okay, okay, well, oh, okay, well, how about no cell phone for a week? Okay. And then it was just kind of like, oh, I'll roll with you. Uh, and it just kept going like bigger and bigger and bigger, and then until we had like this trip to Hershey Park planned out, uh, we were going to do a day at Hershey, and uh, finally I was just like, okay, no Hershey Park for you, and that's when the tears came, <laughs> and that's when it was like, oh, I'll take you serious now, and I was like, well, it's too late now, because now we got here, and you should have taken me seriously back when it was a one-day cell phone thing, and just said, sorry, you're a sister, and, uh, and so, but we had a conversation, the whole car kind of calmed down a little bit, and like, we are definitely hard on sin in our, in our family, but we're big on grace, because that is our, our faith, and, uh, and so uh, my son had to read a book, uh, Love Does, I think it is, uh, by Bob Goff, and then write a, a thousand-word essay on how he was going to live out kindness in his life. Uh, and this is a picture of us at Hershey Park uh, because he earned it back. Uh, and, uh, but the point of sharing that is like that's everyday life for all of us, isn't it? Like God kind of sends like this, this message to us. Oh, he was trying to get your attention here, but we ignored it. He was trying to get your attention here, but we ignored it. He was trying to get your attention here, but we ignored it. And for many of you, maybe, maybe that's been your life for the last few months, and it just so happened that you're back today. Well, this sermon was planned out six months ago. I had no clue anybody here was going to be here, and I think God maybe has been trying to get your attention, and so you're here. Praise God for that. Will you pause? Will you listen? And will you consider that God wants all of you right here and now? Another value that we have here at Wellspring is daily surrender. It's not, it's not said to be delayed surrender. We didn't phrase it like that. The elders didn't look at it and say, you know what, let's encourage our people to have delayed surrender. No, it's daily surrender, every day waking up. How can I be more and more like Jesus Christ? Because if we, were to, if we look at delayed obedience as like, oh, like it's just like I'm going to do it eventually, delayed obedience is just a casual way of saying disobedience. <laughs> That there's something to heed in the moment and to understand here and now in this moment that God wants you to hear and to heed. We, we sometimes think that, hey, I'm living a good life because I don't do X, Y, and Z. I'm not an ax murderer. I'm not a bigot. I'm not whatever word or phrase you want to put in there. I'm not that. So I live a pretty good life. But what if living a righteous life is more about what you pursue? Pursuing Jesus Christ. What if living your average everyday life where you don't do majorly bad things, but you're not pursuing God, you're living as if he's just an afterthought? What if God is just as disappointed about the lives that treat him as an afterthought as he is with any other life? 
And so what would it look like right here in, this, in the quietness of this moment to live a life that fully prioritizes Jesus Christ? The third thing that I think Jesus says that we need to be aware of in, in light of the future is to be aware of temptations. On that day, the, the let, let, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in his house uh, not come down and take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Uh, whoever seeks to preserve uh, his life will lose, and whoever loses his life will keep it. Jesus tells at first these two little stories that, that would be everyday life, that the Jewish reader would understand that these are scenes of urgency. You're, out, you're at the house. Something is happening. It's not time to go and get your possessions. It's time to get, get going. You're in the field, and something has happened. It's not time to go back home, put some things in order, and then leave. So that there is a situation that Jesus is describing here, underlying situation, that demands that you get up and you get going. That it's not like, oh, if your house was burning down, what would you go back in to grab? Like we have those conversations sometimes. Well, this, well, this artifact or this, that, the other thing. I'll get to that in a second. Jesus is saying, no, this is a situation where there's no time for any of that. Despite what you want to do, you need to get to going. He mentions Lot's wife. In that scene of Sodom and Gomorrah, if you're not familiar with the book of Genesis, that's okay. Uh, go back and read it. But there's a moment where they're all fleeing and Jesus, the angel said to Lot's wife, do not look back. Because if you look back, you're going to turn to a pile of salt. This is not about what is behind. This is about where you're going. You're escaping the destruction. And what does Lot's wife do? She hangs on her possessions. She hangs on the life that she's leaving behind. And it cost her her very life. Isn't that, the, not the American way, but the human way? To get caught up in our possessions to get caught up in what we're going to lose, to get caught up, not for what is before us, but what is behind us. And Jesus is saying, there's no time for that. Have a sense of urgency that you can, you, can, you can leave all of this world, but if you have me, you have truly found life. Do not look back, because if you lose your life in Christ Jesus, guess what? You have actually found life. Don't be preoccupi preoccupied with everything else. This Bible, I've, I've mentioned to you guys before, is the, uh, the Bible. When I graduated from high school, family knew that I, I wanted to go into man, ministry. And so my grandfather, uh, this was uh, his dad's, uh, my great-grandfather's preaching Bible. And I've always half-joked uh, that if my house was burning down, I'd run past my family, uh, run past Bruin and uh, my dog, and I would grab this Bible and, and leave the house with my Bible. And, uh, and I joke. Uh, because as I was even preparing this week and thinking about like, oh, what would I try to run back and get? And, uh, and this is like one of the first things non-human that comes to, comes to mind. Uh, like I was just like, my, my grandfather um, passed away in April, and so it's even, it's even more meaningful to me. But I could almost hear his voice like, don't be an idiot. Like you're out here, you're safe. Like why would you risk your life to go and get this? Uh, and this, uh, you have the word of God in your heart and you have other versions of it. Um, this is just ultimately words on a page, uh, but the meaning behind the words is what, was what is important. I, this is like in my own little head uh, this way, but what would it be for you? If you, if, you were, if you were to have some sense of urgency, some sense of like, man, everything is now, my house is on fire, my whatever it might be, what would, what would be that thing that in that moment you make the poor decision and it costs you the future moment? 
What are you tempted to ignore? What are you tempted to overprioritize? We all have things that we're tempted about the old life to keep in the present life. And God is saying, let it all go and live for the glory of God. The last thing is to be aware of the time. I tell you that in the night there will be uh, two in one bed and one will be taken and the other will be left. And there will be, uh, two, uh, there will be two women grinding together and one will be taken and the other will be left. And he said to them, where the, uh, where, uh, and they said to him, where Lord? And he said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Jesus is talking here about the rapture. He's talking about what will happen suddenly towards the end as, as, the, as the events of the end start to unfold, that there will be this scene where there will be people together, that if the rapture came right now in this very moment, some of us would be gone. And some of us would be sitting in, this seat, in the seats looking around being like, what is going? Jesus, who is eternal, has seen this already unfold. And he's just telling what he sees, that people will be together and then one will be no long longer there. There'll be millions with our, our Jesus up in glory and there'll be millions here still left here on earth. And then they talk about where and Jesus gives this, this cryptic answer, but it's basically to say earth is a place of death. But there's rescue from disaster. Where there was rescue for people when in the days of Noah, there was rescue available, there was the ark. There was rescue available at Sodom and Gomorrah. If you, if you heeded the warning and you left and didn't look back, there was rescue. There was rescue there. There's rescue for anybody that would say, my life is in the hands of Jesus. I trust him. And so all this future destruction, guess what? If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't live with that worry. You go to bed knowing that, you, you go to bed knowing that, man, I'm taking care of in Jesus. You work with joy because I, I have Jesus. But if, if you do not have G Jesus, all of these stories should keep us up at night until we reckon ourselves with, uh, with Jesus Christ. Have you, when you guys were growing up, a lot about growing up today, I guess, uh, uh, but did you guys ever play that like dibs game? Like I got dibs on, I got dibs on. Uh, I did that growing up. I got dibs on, uh, sh uh, dibs shotgun. Like we would say that because that was the front seat. And uh, my kids, I don't know really know where this comes from, but they had like all the different seats in our vans are, are in our van are like now named after a, a gun. Like they'll be like shotgun uh, or they'll be like dibs on rifle. Um, it's Ocean County. And um, I guess, I don't know. Uh, we don't. Anyway, so they've named all the seats after guns. And uh, here we are. One day they're going to say that in front of a cop, and I'm going to be in a world of trouble. And uh, so, uh, but I digress. And so they, they've gotten into that dibs on this, dibs on this. And uh, it's, it's a one-way ticket to a fight, if, you're, if you understand that. And uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, but anyways, growing up, uh, end times discussion. I was, kind of grew up when the Left Behind uh, series was coming out. And uh, my dad was a big fan, is a big fan, dad, hello. Uh, if you guys, hey, he wanted me to tell you, if you need an expert on the end times, uh, that you can uh, email him or text him. He'd be happy to talk with you. Uh, he's really offended that he's not preaching a sermon here during the series, uh, but I digress. And, uh, but anyways, uh, so we would sometimes talk about this. And my buddy Reynolds, I was texting him this morning, and uh, my best friend from high school, we were all just kind of in my living room one day and uh, brought up this conversation about end times and uh, watching the movies and whatnot. And, like talking about the rapture uh, and uh, and Reynolds kind of to still like make a joke or kind of to lighten the mood because it was a little got a little uncomfortable. He was like, "Oh, dibs on the Kobash house." And uh, it was some of my high school buddies, and we all kind of laughed. But for him, uh, we we talked about it like he was very serious. He's like. Dude, if that happens the way you say it's going to happen, I'm going straight to your house to find out all the information I need about what is going on. <laughs> That's real, right? <laughs> what happens if the rapture comes right now? For some of us, 
You're not going. This will be, this will be a place that you're going to burst through a rock through that window and try to bust into to find some information. You'll start Googling. But you have the moment right now where that shouldn't even be a worry for us. It doesn't have to be a worry. Dibs on what? You don't need dibs on anything because if you have Jesus, you've got dibs on heaven, and that is always enough. Here's what Jesus uh, has said. Here's what we've talked about today. A future with Jesus requires trust in Jesus. As you wait, be aware of tricksters, threat levels, temptations, and be aware of the time. Right now, you have an advantage. Here's this timeline. I'm going to, what's up, buddy? Uh, here's a timeline uh, that is from Charles Swindoll in one of his commentaries. So I didn't make it. I'm not taking credit for it. Um, but he just put out what he says in scripture. It's also on that weekly rundown, but I wanted to show it to you. This is really what we're talking about for these next few weeks. Last week, we talked about the church age. Today, we're talking about uh, the rapture. Then we're going to talk about seven years, and we're going to talk about the Antichrist. We're going to talk about the millennial kingdom. We're going to talk about things that are, are super confusing. And as we talk about them, if the theology is right, and we open-handed to it because there's people smarter than me that would say this is not right uh but there are people smarter than me that, that says this is right so i don't know if it plays whatever like it will all happen and uh but if it is right if the way we see scripture is like this then then guess what everything we're going to talk about isn't in play necessarily for the christian we have roles in it but here we go to be with jesus and that's seven years of tribulation Life's hard now, but it gets infinitely worse. The history, the history of mankind, like nothing in our history as a human race will be able to compare to the destruction that comes in, and especially that's the last half of the, that seven years. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be awful. And we don't have to worry about that if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And so I just wanted to pause now and just pray. I invite you to pray that Maybe you've walked in here and you've been on the fence. Maybe you've been a skeptic. Maybe you're that person that says, I've got tomorrow. I'll deal with this tomorrow. I'll deal with this tomorrow. I'll deal with you tomorrow, with tomorrow, tomorrow, until tomorrow doesn't come. And it's too late. I know we're talking weird talk for some of us, but I believe with all my heart that Jesus is coming back and we better be ready. Are you ready to meet Jesus? So if that's you, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, if you've never trusted that man, like, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, there is wickedness in me. I've done wickedness. And I don't have an answer for that. But Jesus is that answer who died on the cross, paying the penalty. The wrath of God was taken out on Jesus for you. Have you ever trusted Jesus for that? He rose three days later so that you could walk a life with him because he conquered the grave. So if he's conquered the grave, then he has the ability to grant life where there is no life. And so he, he grants you life if you've placed your faith in him, that you and I do experience resurrection when we place our faith in Jesus Christ because the old is dead and the new has come. And Jesus looks at you when you place your faith in him as your child. And as I would move mountains to find my lost child, Jesus has moved mountains to find many of you in here. And perhaps just the fact that you're in here is Jesus moving mountains. What will you do with this moment? Would you guys pray with me? God, I pray right now, Lord, that there would be Holy Spirit. You are more powerful than a skeptic. You are more powerful than the doubts in a skeptic's mind. Father, you are more powerful, Father, than um, 
the walls that we are in our, in our human ways want to build up to, to keep you out, to box you out. And so, Father, right now, I pray that you have destroyed walls, that you have, that you have broken down barriers, and that, that, Father, that there would be men and women in this room or listening, whatever it might be, Father, that, that would say, enough. <laughs> if this ends the way that, that, that the word of God says it's going to end, Father, I'm not ready to meet you, and so I, I need to get right with you. A future with Jesus starts with trust in Jesus, and I've never done that. And so if that is you, would you, in the quietness of your seat, pray a prayer committing your life to Jesus and saying, I throw the white flag up. Pray something like this in in your seat. God, I deserve your wrath because I have done wrong. If if you are perfectly holy, I am not. (laughs) I have not been perfectly holy. I'm sorry for my wrong. I'm sorry for the, what I have done that is against you and against your ways and that if you want to call it sin, God, then it's sin. And I've committed sin. And I'm sorry. I have no answer, but I see Jesus as the answer. I do trust that he died and that he rose again and three days later he rose and, and that he gives me life. I trust it, and I, and I want to live my life for him. And Father, I don't know, I don't, I don't understand why you would chase after me, but I'm trusting that you do and that you have and that you are. And Father, the, the craziness of what is to come, Father, I trust that I have eternal rest now with you. And now I will be in paradise with you forever. In your name, Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer on your way out, we'd love to give you a Bible and a packet on what it means to walk with Jesus. As we close out this, uh, this service, uh, there are two things that I want to challenge you with. Because if you're like me, if you have kind of my nature, this creates like a sense of urgency where you want to jump in, you want to go storm them out, and you want to go uh, win people for Jesus. And we're going to go to the seaside boardwalk and we're going to lead them all to Jesus. We're going to get on our soapbox and we're going to do that. <laughs> and I want to rush ahead, but I'm a guy that needs wisdom and needs uh, counsel just like anybody else. And so Monday I sought counsel for one of my elders about how I'm so impatient. And he's like, yo, be patient and worship God while you wait on him. (laughs) Real basic, right? (laughs) Because I want to jump ahead and do things for Jesus. But if he's not asking me to do things for him that I'm doing, (laughs) then I'm doing the wrong thing. Even with good intentions. It's a waste of time. So you might be like me, you jump in and you're like, and God's looking down like, I ain't telling you to do that. <laughs> or maybe you read a passage like this and you, that apathy, that passive nature of like, I got tomorrow, I've got tomorrow, I've got tomorrow. <laughs> well, maybe you don't. <laughs> and so maybe there's things as a Christian that you need to do today in light of not having tomorrow <laughs> promised to you. And so both of us, I think the answer is prayer. And so my challenge to you, I said the challenges would be the same uh, each week, but we would apply it differently. Uh, First one is pursue community like he's coming tomorrow. Uh, And so I just want to invite you that if you're like me and you want to jump in, jump in, jump in, jump in, uh, I need to pause and pray with the commitment that God, whatever you're telling me, I'm going to go and do. Uh, And so Wednesday night, I want to invite you to prayer. Prayer here at this at church, right over there at 7.30. Just pause and pray and then with that commitment that God, whatever you're telling us as a church, God, whatever you're telling me as an individual, I'm going to go and do. Uh, and, and the second one is pray. Uh, pray for one like it's the last one. If today is the last one, who in your life would not be with Jesus for all of eternity? And so my action step for you this week also centers around prayer. Would you commit to skipping just one meal 
not fasting for a full day. Let's just start simple. Would you commit to skipping breakfast on Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning or lunch this day or lunch that day or or dinner this night? And you're going to take that time and you're going to pray for your unsaved friend and you're going to say, God, I want to see this person come to know saving faith. I want to see, and I will be used by you. If you give me an opportunity, I'm going to take that opportunity. I'm going to walk in obedience when that opportunity with my unbelieving friend is there or God said somebody else, I don't care, but God, I want to see them come to know you as Lord and Savior. And so up on the screen is a QR code. You can take out your phones. It's also on the weekly rundown. It's a form just to commit, to say, ah, yes, I'm in the moment. I'm going I'm to take the hill for Jesus. Great. Until Wednesday comes and it's 730. You're like, my tum-tum's hungry. And I'm going to get dinner instead of go to prayer. Uh, I'm asking that you would simply fill out that, that QR code and say, I'm committing to one of those two things. And we're going to move forward building God's kingdom together. So with that, Would you guys stand and sing one last song?